All right, let's go to the word of the Lord today. I'm going to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Let's all stand for the reading word. Are we going to stretch a little bit? Let me try it. Let me try it again. We're going to have to get a big offering to go buy one of these. These are about 30 bucks, so we need a real big offering for these. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So the devil says, the serpent says, Didn't the Lord say you can't eat of every tree? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. He just took what she said, God said, and spun it. He just twisted it. Now, we have to also be careful to, we don't give the devil too much time. Okay? When he starts talking, you need to start walking. Hello. There's a t-shirt idea. When he starts talking, start walking away. Everybody say away. Start walking away. Okay. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The devil was right. He was right about that. He will take a little truth, and he will spin it with his lie. All right? He will try to convince you. And the, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about this idea today, and it is simply this. If I can get the clicker to work. Fig leaves don't last. All right? Fig leaves don't last. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being here today once again. Fig leaves do not last. Okay? A leaf will have some moisture content and will hold its shape and form for a while, but eventually it will dry out. When it dries out, it will begin to wither and lose its chlorophyll and its color. It will begin to lose all the moisture in the membranes, in the capillaries and arteries of that leaf, and sooner or later it's going to shrivel up brown and die. Fig leaves do not work in the kingdom of God. What I'm saying about that is this, our stuff, our things that we do, don't match up to what God requires of us to do. Amen? These people that say, okay, well, I don't need church, I don't need an organized religion, I'll just stay home and watch uh, all these preachers on television, and I'll do it that way because there's too much hypocrisy in the church. Well, where do you think the church got their people from? Somebody told me this week, they said, there's so many hypocrites in the church. And I said, yeah, and where did, we, where did the church people come from? They just said, what? I said, where did church people come from? Uh, well, I guess they come from people in the world. I said, exactly. So you're living in a world that's full of hypocrites anyway. So the hypocrites just change venues. And fortunately, they're trying, probably, hopefully, trying to work on it by the grace of God. So maybe you need to give them a little mercy and grace and extension Give them a little time to get that hypocritical way out of their lives. 
got pretty quiet, just about like it did here. Kind of like the Coca-Cola announcement. Amen. Fig leaves don't work, brothers and sisters. So let's go on, see what's going to happen here today. Oh, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Genesis 3, 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So God did say that. God said that would happen. And then in Ezekiel 18.20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. If you've ever sinned, you're going to die. If I've ever sinned, we're going to die. We are going to die a physical death, but we have redemption through the blood of Christ for our spirit man. Amen? We have uh, uh, the... The, the great gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we have to realize that God had to implement the plan. He had to put a plan together in order for this thing to come to pass. God had to put a plan together that the soul that sinned, it was going to die, but yet God said, the sin is found in my most prized creation. The sin is not found in the birds, it's not found in the beast of the field, it's not found in the lizards and, the, and all of that, but it is found in man whom I handmade, whom I blew my breath into, and they became a living soul. That is where the sin is at. So God puts a plan together, and this plan... Yeah, you guys just help me here, Catherine. Back that up one, would you? Genesis 3:21. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So I uh, talked about this in the first session, that the Lord took the death of an animal, took the coats, the skins of that animal, and put them on the nakedness of man and woman. And there was a doctrine or a death of substitution there that day. The animal substituted its life for the life of man. And so there is now a precedent that has been put in place and in action that there would now be the death of an animal until there could be the one final and supreme and ultimate and most awesome sacrifice of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. Amen. Next one, please. See how easy that is? So now it's God himself. God himself is going to become the sacrifice for us. He is going to become the sacrifice for what we need. You can, listen, we can't find all of, of our, our needs in just a form of religion. You can't find all your needs in money and careers. You can't find all your needs and the things that you need in life through education. Amen. I heard somebody say one time, get your education and get over it. Hallelujah. Right? We can't climb the corporate ladder. You know, we live in a, we live kind of in a very humble, uh, very modest society here in the Midwest. We're known as flyover country. We don't find ourselves on the East Coast or the West Coast. Fortunately, you have gas that's only $4.50 a gallon here. If you were in Sacramento, you could pay 6 and $7 right now for it, or if you were in New York City. But we find ourselves in a modest community here, and uh, a lot of times we don't go after material things, but there are people, and I laugh at them, you know, I've lived on, on the coast, I grew up on the coast, and I've been around the world a little bit, and I like to see these people who come from a small town, and they think they came from a 14 million populated city, and they're high rollers, and they're just from Vandalia, you're just from Vandalia, it's okay, but anyhow, 
God gives me a good laugh. So what did God do? Let's see what God did. Next one, please. Yes, look how easy. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The old prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, wrote this scripture as he dipped his potent pen of prophecy in the inkwell of inspiration. He wrote that prophecy down. The Lord himself shall give you a sign and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Next one, please. So Matthew 1, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So there is a plan that was implemented at the garden and that was a sacrificial sacrifice that was going to take the place as a place of substitution for man dying for his sins Ezekiel said the soul that sinneth it shall die now if we do not find redemption through the blood of Christ in our journey with the Lord we will one day die we will die a spiritual death we will find ourselves in first of all you'll find yourself in hell a lot of people don't preach about hell they don't talk about hell very much but hell is a very real place and uh, hell is a holding tank and what, what I've seen in scripture of torments it is a place where the souls of the wicked go after death has come upon the physical body and uh, that soul is placed in hell because if you go to, I believe it's Luke, is it Luke chapter 13, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, or Luke chapter 16, it says that uh, the rich man found himself in hell, in torments, and he looked up and across the great gulf and he saw Lazarus, who was a beggar on earth, and the rich man, uh, Lazarus lived outside the rich man's big old house, and Lazarus died and he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Hallelujah. Almost known as, also known as paradise. And he wanted uh, Lazarus to just come and take a couple drips of water, just a couple drops of water and put on his tongue. He said, because the torment and the pain here is so excruciating. And Abraham said, there's no way that Lazarus can leave there, here, and come to there, and you can't leave there and come to here. There's a gulf between us. So hell is a holding place for the souls of the wicked dead. And in Revelation, the Bible says that the sea will give up its dead, and hell also will give up its dead, and they will be cast into the lake that burns with fire and with brimstone forever and ever. He said, this is the second death. Everybody say, he's still in the Word. Thank you for your confidence. Still in the Word. And so God implements this plan that if we follow it, we are going to find ourselves on the side of redemption. And so God wraps himself in flesh, and he comes to dwell among men, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God is with us today. Next one, please. That baby that was born in Bethlehem was God Almighty. God Almighty. He wasn't the second person. He wasn't the third person. He wasn't the fourth person that they sent to the store to get the bread and the bologna. He was God Almighty. That baby born in Bethlehem was the eternal God, wrapped in flesh. 
Next one. Isaiah 9 and 6, just a few chapters later from Isaiah 7, 14, and in the declaration of Emmanuel, God with us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, <laughs> the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Next one. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Hallelujah. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. Now how in the world? Somebody said, but that was Jesus. That was the Son of God. You have to understand the divine nature of Jesus Christ. It's just like the nature that we are. We are 100% body and flesh. We are 100% spirit. If you take my 100% spirit out of my 100% flesh, my flesh is going to fall over. If I keel over right now, Amy's going to come screaming running. She's going to hold me in her arms. She's going to rock me back and forth like a movie. Tears dripping on my face. And because of those tears of love, I will open my eyes in life again. Can I get a witness? <laughs> the longer I'm with her, oh, the more she brings laughter to me. If my spirit leaves my body right now, my body's falling over. I'm gonna, there's going to be a call made to the most dangerous person in this town. Sue, the undertaker. Yeah. And we're all going to put me in state right here, file by. If it's not too long a line, just keeps rotating the line. So, you know, we had 75 people go through 10 times. It took us 18 hours to everybody to see him 12 times. <laughs> so, my body is dead, but inside of me is a spirit. Because Jesus was 100% man. And he was 100% God. He was 100% man when he got tired and he had to go away after a lot of ministry and he went, the Bible says, to a desert place with his disciples. He, he went away and, and, and then there was another time that he's in the, the boat and they're going to go from point A to point B and in the meantime, he falls asleep on a pillow because in his flesh he's tired. Jesus is 100% man. But in his spirit, he's 100% God. Because the same man that fell asleep on the pillow going across to the Sea of Galilee in that storm is the same God that woke up and stepped on the bow of the ship, that boat, and said, Peace be still, and the winds and waves just fell at his feet as dead. The same God, that, the same man that wept at Lazarus' tomb because Lazarus was his friend. And he was sad because Lazarus had died. Well, it was his fault he died because he didn't show up on time. Ask Martha. She'll tell you. She'll tell you. Why didn't you show up earlier? 
If you'd have shown up earlier, our brother Lazarus would not have died. He said, don't worry, he, she, he'll live again. And she said, I know he'll live again, but he'll live again in the resurrection. And he said, ma'am, you're talking to the resurrection. Because when he stood there as God in front of that sepulcher, that voice of resurrection came out of him. And if he would not have said, Lazarus, come forth, if he would have just said, come forth, every body, in, every corpse in that graveyard would have started walking out of there because the voice of resurrection had sounded. Amen? That's the God that we serve today. You see, he was flesh on his mother's side, but he was God on his daddy's side. So who was Jesus praying to in the garden? The flesh was praying to the spirit. You ever talk to yourself? And so the everlasting father, the mighty God, the prince of peace. Next one, please. We got to go on. Matthew 1.20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord, this is Joseph, appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Is that the word? That's the word, right? And she shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Next one. Uh-oh, we better do some DNA research. Scriptures declare the Father. Who did the, the Scriptures declare the Father of Jesus to be? Next one. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I thought the Father was the Father of Jesus. Kevin, Kevin, are you getting a hold of this? The Father was the Father of Jesus. Now, if these, these guys are separate, we got a situation going here. Because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That's what it says. There's two different places. It's, the angel is verifying to Joseph that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. But when the actual uh, uh, act took place, and, and the Lord came upon Mary, it says that which Mary, the Holy Ghost, shall overshadow thee. And so what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say here that the Father of Jesus is the Father of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is the Father of Jesus, because there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. There's just one spirit, the spirit of Jesus, which is the spirit of the Father, which is also the Holy Ghost because they're the one and the same. And so that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So, I mean, that just takes a family portrait and just makes it all messed up. You know, you got to make sure you find family members that you don't have to do shop, Photoshop the family portraits after a while, you know. Mm, I, I ain't going any further with that. You have to talk to me later in private. I'll give you some more ideas in Photoshop and family portraits. Next one, please. Jesus was 100% God. Next one. But you, Bethlehem, effort of it, you are little to be among the clans of Judah, yet out of you shall one come forth for me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from ancient 
days. He came out of eternity. The same God that, oh, let's keep on going. I'm getting farred up here. This, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The same Spirit of God that stood on the bow of eternity and looked at a chaotic, voidless, empty world is the same God that came in that body in Micah 5, 2 in Bethlehem. And the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. That Spirit that hovered over the earth is the same Spirit that hovered over Mary. It's the same Spirit that hovered and was put in the body of Jesus Christ. It's the same spirit that left the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. Why? Because God is what? Omnipresent. God is everywhere. He fills all in all. <coughs> Hallelujah. Next one. For God is a spirit, John 4, 24. So those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. I am he who's talking to you right now. If she needed any more convincing, I don't know what else she needed. He then told her her whole life story. She comes to the well to get water at noon. That is already a social stigma right there because the women of the village come in the morning and the evening to get water from the well. Notice I said that the women come to get the water. The men are busy playing Yahtzee, pachinko. I don't know what they're doing. They're working. But a woman who comes to the well at noon is a woman of ill repute. So she has to come at noon and get her water. And lo and behold, she finds Jesus sitting there on the well, casing. And he'd already sent the disciples away. He told them, you better go buy some sandwich stuff. He didn't want them around because he knew that they couldn't handle what he was about to do. Number one, he was going to talk to a Samaritan, which was a dog, in the Jews' eyes. So he knew that they had racial situations and prejudice. So he said, you just might as well go and get something to eat. Go get us some tacos. Get us some crunch wraps. Is that what they are, Marcus, crunch wraps? Those are really good from Taco Bell. Get us some crunch wraps, you know. Huh. So here she comes. He says, hello. She says, hello. He said, can you give me... A drink and she said oh sir she didn't want to use her her water pot I don't know if she could not use her water pot but he, he, she, he said she said you have nothing to, to draw water with and, and you're not even supposed to be talking to me you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and they treat us like we're second third fourth class citizens and and um, he said if you knew the water that I could give you to drink You'd ask me to drink and you'd never thirst again. And she said, oh, if you could please give me that water so I don't have to come here at noon and show what kind of life I live. Because every time she walked down the street to the well, 
everybody who knew with her with her water pot and what time it was knew what kind of life she lived. Come on now. Yeah. And he says, well, I'll give you water you'll never thirst again. She says, oh, please, let's do that. And then, then she, he says, let me tell you something. Why don't you go get your husband? And she says, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, you've had five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband either. And, oh, she said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. She gets religious all at once when the, he starts reading her mail. And so, long story short, by the time it's all done, she's getting ready to get converted. And by the time the disciples get back with the mustard and bologna and the bread, the Bible says that their whole city's coming out of Samaria to come see him. That's when Jesus said, look on the fields for they are, say not there's four months and then comes a harvest because the fields are white. What was he? He wasn't looking at a wheat field. What was he looking at? He was looking at those Samaritans coming out of that village in their white robes. They were coming down to that well to hear what that Messiah, the man who told me everything, was what, what, what he was going to do. And there was mighty revival in Samaria because of that. He was God manifest in the flesh. Next one, go on. Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. That word I am means I become whatever you need. Is that crazy? I become whatever you need. If you need a deliverer, I'll deliver you. If you need a strong east wind to blow all night to divide the Red Sea and dry out the ground so millions of my children can walk across on dry ground, I'll become that east wind and blow all night. I'll be whatever you need me to become. Brothers and sisters, he's still the I am today. Whatever you need, he is still the I am in your life today. He's still the I am for whatever you need. Stop pitying yourself. Stop crying. Start, start believing that God is the I am, the I am. Now, what did Jesus say? Let's see what Jesus said in John. Let's go. Yes, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, You aren't yet fifty years old, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. That word, that I am means I existed. How did he do that? He wasn't in his physical body, no. He's talking about the God thing. He's talking about his daddy's side. He's talking about his daddy's side and says, you know what? Before Abraham was, I am. I talked to Moses on the backside of the desert when I sent Moses to Egypt. But now he's in a body. Now that spirit is in a body and he's talking to Pharisees and the Pharisees say, you're not even 50 years old and now you're claiming that you were there before Abraham. How in the world? And he said, before Abraham was, I existed. You see, that plan was to die for the sins of man way back in the garden. And in order for that to happen, there had to be a perfect sacrifice that would meet every requirement of the law in order for redemption to come to man, to us. If you were in the first lesson today, class today, session today, service, whatever you want to call it, gathering, hallelujah, incoming we found out that it took the blood of Jesus Christ. Lambs and calves and goats' blood could not do it. But it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And so God had to find a perfect sacrifice. And the Bible says in Isaiah, I looked all over heaven for a man and couldn't find anybody. So he said, I did it myself. So he became a man, hallelujah, and took the blood. Where's the blood come from when an when a egg and a sperm are united together? It comes from the Father. Where was, who was Jesus' father? God Almighty. It wasn't a man. The man in the blood in Christ Jesus did not come from a human being. It came from the throne of God. Hallelujah. And because of that, he was that spotless, perfect lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Next one. The Almighty God, the Almighty of the Old Testament, arrived on earth in the body of Jesus Christ. He wrapped himself in flesh and dwelt among men. Time will not permit me today. I'll have to pick up on it next week. I haven't even started in the New Testament, much of, much of the New Testament, that he was tabernacle, that he was Christ, was the visible image of the invisible God. Woo! My Lord in heaven, the Almighty God arrived The Almighty God became the size of a head of a pen at conception and was carried in that womb for 40 weeks. CLDs preached a message called God's Microscopic Spaceship. He's also the one that said, if you could get to the end of the edge of the universe right now, he said the edge of the universe is still unrolling like a carpet because the word of God sent it forth and the word of God is forever living. If you could find the universe, it's forever expanding and expanding and expanding because of the word of God. I'm thankful I have the word of God in my life today, aren't you? I'm thankful the word of God is alive in me today. We've got to get the word of God in our mouths. We've got to get the word of God flowing from our lips. We've got to get the word of God flowing in our lives in a mighty, mighty way. Let's go on. Woo! Getting stuck. Because here it is. In the beginning was the word, and the word... I'm getting ready to close, Sister Amy. Sister Amber. Sister Kirsten. Bunch of sisters. Bunch of sisters club. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word. Everybody say the word. Hoo-hoo. The word. Before Abraham was, I am. Can you imagine how mad they got when he told them that? You know what? I want you to think about this. If you don't get anything else from this message, take this home with you and use it this week. Who did Jesus catch the most opposition and grief from? Religious people. So listen, watch out for the religious people in your life. The ones that say they would never go to a church like you go to church, and they don't even go to church. The ones who say all, all, all churches are just corrupt. All the pastors want, they just want your money. Let me give you a... You can tell them that your pastor still drives vehicles from the last century. Amen. Amen. 1999. Old blue. Still hanging on there. Ah. 
Oh, I wouldn't. You know what? And how about this? How about the people who are, are experts on the scriptures and they never go to church? They never read their Bible, but they know it says it in there somewhere. Come on, let's talk the word. You want to talk the word? Let's talk the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Next one, please. That word comes from the Greek word logos, logos. From New Testament word 3004, for you Strong's Concordance people, it means something said, including the thought or the motive. Now, there are two Greek words. I'm going to give you a Greek word study here. There are two Greek words for the word word. All right? Logos or logos is used in John 1. Now, if you go to Romans chapter is it 5 or chapter 8, that talks about the word of faith which we preach. That word comes from the Greek word rhema. Rhema is a spiritual command. It is a spiritual utterance. So when you speak the when you speak the rhema word, you are speaking a spiritual command. But here they use the word logos, the thought or the intent or the motive. So let's go on and finish this up because you got lunch. So in the beginning was the thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God. How about that? Well, let's try this way. In the beginning was the motive. You ever been around somebody that's always got a motive? They're just like Jesus. God had a motive. God's got a motive. In the beginning was the motive, and the motive was with God, and the motive was God. Next one. We drop down to verse 14. Well, we could go from 1 to 14, and we could talk about, He came into the world, the world was made by Him, the world knew Him not. Who came into the world? Jesus Christ came into the world. Yes, 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 yes. Well, so it was created by him. So he must be an eternal son. No, 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 no. Sons have a beginning. Uh, Ephesians, I believe it's Galatians or Ephesians 4, 4, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Was it Ephesians? Hebrew, huh? Hebrews? Oh, New Testament. 4, 4. 44 caliber. That's a good one. Now... What am I saying? I'm saying a son has a beginning. How many of you? We're going to try this again. We tried this years ago, and it was an epic fail. The question was this. How many of you mothers have kids? All right, this is a lot better because that one time nobody raised their hand. It's like, are you kidding? If, you're, if you got kids, if you got kids, you deserve to have the title as mom. Was that son always with you? Not in form yet. So that sonship is the body. All right? That sonship is the body. In the beginning was the thought, the thought was with God, and the thought was God. Next one, please. And the thought was made flesh. Is that crazy? The motive, God's motive, was made flesh. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the motive that was established back at the garden. That motive that said, I will have to robe myself in flesh and die for the sins of mankind. When that lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, there in Genesis chapter 3, the precedent was set and the plan was put in action. God said, I'm going to have to come to earth and die. Because you see, there was not supposed to be any sin in the earth at all. 
There was not supposed to be any type of rebellion in the earth at all. We weren't supposed to die at all. We were all supposed to still be alive. Adam and Eve were supposed to still be alive today, Kevin. Paul and Moses were still supposed to be alive today. There was no, there was no devil on the earth that was supposed to mess all of this up. But there was war in heaven. And the devil was kicked out of heaven. And therefore now we live in constant struggle. And we live in constant fighting and constant conflict because of the darkness on the earth brought about by the enemy. And we can see it today in our political situation. And we can see it today in our, our everyday lives. What you see in Ukraine now is nothing but pure evil. It's pure destruction. What you're seeing right now all over the world, you're seeing an agenda of what they call the globalist. The globalist one world government. Everybody's gonna get to take a mark. Guess what, you're not gonna get to own anything. You won't get to own anything. You're not gonna get to own your cars, your houses. You're not gonna get to own any real estate. You're not gonna get to own, have any money. You just, because you're gonna be part of the great society. It's coming. It's coming. But fig leaves don't last. Next one, please. Yes, that's exactly what I thought it said. Fig leaves do not last. And God's way is the only way that it's going to happen. In the beginning was the thought. The thought was, I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. I'm going to have to, come on over here, ladies. I want to have to offer my blood. I'm going to have to die for the sins of man and redeem him once and for all. And the thought became flesh. When you see Jesus walking, you're seeing the thought of God walking on the earth. When you see Jesus walking, you're seeing the motive and the plan of God walking on the earth. He said, you know what? They came to him. Let's all stand. They came to him, the disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in prison. John the Baptist was dealing with a lot of things. And he, uh, he's in prison. And just like any good human being, like any of us, he was like thinking, did I get everything done I was supposed to get done? Was I really, did I really do this right? And he called his disciples, his followers, and he said, I want you to go see Jesus. I want you to tell him I'm in prison. And I want you to ask him if, if, I, if I did right, if, if he's the one. So the disciples of John, they go to see Jesus. And they get there. They said, John's in prison. And he's just wanting to know, are you the one? Jesus didn't say a word to him when they asked that question. He simply turned around and started healing people. And he said, you go back and you tell John what you've seen and heard. Because he said the plan, the thought, the motive is in action. And so listen, brothers and sisters, you don't have a little Jehovah Junior living inside of you. You have the Holy Ghost, the eternal spirit of God, the eternal spirit of the, the one, the same spirit that hovered over the bowels 
of eternity and looked at this old earth that was empty and, and, and void and had no form. There was nothing there yet. That same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis 2 is the same spirit that infused the believers on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Boom. And each of us have our Pentecost. Mine was June 16, 1981. Remember that day, because that's the day the motive and the plan came into your life. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, it's for you. If you've never received the power of God in your life, it's for you. He wants to work his plan in your life. He wants to do his thoughts in your life. Amen? Amen. Why don't we gather around before we leave? We're going to sing.